thank you so much uh, for for the gracious invitation that was uh, afforded to me. Uh, basically, my paper is uh, is just connected with the uh, topic which we have set for the session, but it's uh, a little uh, different in the sense that it uh, deals mainly with uh, Navadweep, which is uh, uh, the place where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was born. And uh, the map which you see over here, the topic which was given out is a little different actually. So I mainly uh, look at how Navadweep and Mayapur, these two places uh, which are present in each other, uh, has evolved as a center of pilgrimage uh, over the course of the last uh, 200 or 300 years. And uh, uh, the, the map which you see is actually uh, significant from the sense that the river which is uh, dividing uh, Navadweep from Mayapur uh, is the one which we have today. It's officially acknowledged nowadays, but then there's an understory to it as well, because there is a strand which considers that Mayapur, which is uh, the place where uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was uh, said to be born, is also located on the other side, which is in Navadweep. So there is this controversy which has cropped up in the uh, late 19th and early 20th century as to where he was actually born. So this fixation about places, how do we fix places where uh, births took place is a very uh, modern concept actually because nobody was concerned about it way back in the 18th or the 17th or the 16th century. But this, uh, this initiates us to the fact that the way in which the colonial phase has uh, impacted upon us the way in which we are thinking processes and the way in which we look at religious traditions have changed over time is something which we need to acknowledge, uh, although we may wish to differ from the perspectives offered. So uh, basically uh, uh, what I uh, want to do uh, throughout this presentation is just to take a brief glance as to how the historical, how the theological and how other perspectives about this place of origin has changed. Uh, the two quotations that you have are uh, more or less the Bhakti Ratnakar, which was just stated a while ago, a text which belongs to the late 17th, early, 20, early 18th century, written by Narahari Chakravarti. He, has, he was the first person who gave us the idea that Mayapur was the place where Gauranga Prabhu was born. Gauranga Prabhu as in Chaitanya was born. So uh, this locational advantage, the place that uh, he was born, was given for the first time, it was referred to for the first time, only in the 18th century, never before that. So uh, the earlier biographies that we have about Chaitanya, for example, we uh, know about uh, Chaitanya Bhagavat, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and other texts, the uh, hagiographies which were written about Chaitanya, they didn't refer to this because they probably didn't consider that to be important enough. But look at the way in which this modern person, the late 19th century Vaishnava reformer, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, uh, who was actually a district magistrate also of the British state, he uh, is bringing in this new impulse and he is saying how the indifference or rather the, uh, the, the lack of difference exists between uh, Navadweep and uh, uh, Vrindavan. So wherever you find uh, Chaitanya Mahabhu, Mahaprabhu's uh, footsteps having fallen, that is sacred, that is uh, important. So this uh, cosmological homology 
or uh, sacred territoriality. These concepts have uh, been imbibed throughout uh, from the colonial period onwards. And this replication of sites is also something which uh, is very important to remember. Uh, the papers which we heard yesterday was also to that effect. So I'll just uh, uh, briefly take you down uh, through the historical uh, origins of the uh, term or the etymological origins of Navadvip. Navadvip, uh, there are two split meanings to it, Nava and Dvipa. There are, uh, there are considerations uh, from historians and uh, even geographers uh, who consider that there were actually nine islands or n uh, new lamps or new island. So these are three uh, different perspectives which have been proffered. And uh, uh, we have other words also for the district and the place. Both the district and the place are also called Nadia. So, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is also considered to be Nodir Nimai or the Nimai who was born in Nodia. So, uh, uh, so uh, any place of pilgrimage for that matter and uh, Navadvip to be more precise has various shades, layers and these layers can be either historical, they can be either theological, cultural or they can be also sacred geographical and these visions, these different perspectives have been put in place by different people and the way in which a place evolved actually ties up, binds and tries to fuse together all three or even more layers that we can consider. The picture that you see is of the Bollal GP. This is, this is a place which uh, historically is considered to be the palace of the, uh, of the king who actually set up this uh, city or of Navadvip. This is uh, this, is, this is a palace, supposedly, because uh, Archaeological Survey of India has not carried out any diggings over there. But this Ballal DP is considered to be the palace of the uh, King Ballal Sen. The Sena dynasty ruled Bengal from around the 10th, uh, from the 10th and uh, to, to the 12th century. Uh, uh, in the early 13th century, as you may remember uh, in history books, that uh, uh, the Islamic invaders, especially uh, by the name of Muhammad bin Bakhtiar Khalji had invaded Bengal in around 1205 and that was the time when Lakshman Sen was uh, actually uh, he had to flee from this city and this place was taken up. So uh, we have this uh, golden heritage uh, taking place earlier and then of the Hindu kings then you have the Islamic rule taking place over a long period of time and the, you should also remember that uh, during the Islamic rule it was mainly the zamindars who belonged to the Hindu rajas, uh, who, Hindu kings actually, who used to uh, rule over this place. But Navadvip has a second layer to it as well. In the 15th century, you have Navanaya logic and uh, you have a, a tremendous seat of uh, Sanskrit learning. You have tolls and patshalas being established and it was a center of great cultural heritage as well in the, uh, in the Middle Ages. The sacred setting which we have already spoken about is a uh, uh, is birth of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Although we are not concerned about the place where he was born right over here, but you have such paintings coming out in the uh, late 19th century from the different uh, uh, the, uh, chromolithographs which were being published in the, uh, in the colonial period. And why I stress upon this fact is uh, uh, the, the reason is that the colonial period not just proliferated these writings. We have heard about Mahatmyas. We have heard about Sthana Mahatyas being written. But what was the time 
when these were actually reaching, disseminated by the power of print. So the power of print, which came in in the 19th century, actually brought these texts to the houses and to the individuals who were actually beginning to read it. There was another aspect of the colonial age also which was very significant, that is travel made easy through uh, improved means of transportation. And just like we heard about uh, Grouse and his role in, uh, and the uh, role of others as well in uh, Mathura, so we find that uh, railway lines being established and these places of pilgrimage being integrated. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by the way, lived only for around 24 years in this city. Uh, but the later 24 years uh, were spent mainly in uh, Puri. And uh, he briefly uh, touched upon this place while going to Brajamandal once, only in 1514. So the timing of his uh, life from around 1486 to 1533 was pretty brief, but even then, this uh, made a lasting impact upon the city. Uh, we have heard from the earlier speakers today that uh, Tirtha, Mandal, Leela Shetras, and others, Sripat for one, is very used in Bengali settings. Uh, these terms have been used for uh, designating pilgrimage places. But the term which is used most, at least for Navadvip, is the concept of Dham, that is the abode. So the place where eternally Chaitanya resides. And uh, you also uh, would know that Braja Mandal and Braja Dham is also a preferred name because the Leela is happening eternally and that can be seen and perceived only by the individual who is willing to see it, who is having the pure heart to visualize it. So you have that as well. Uh, uh, the nine island concept and the uh, nine petals uh, that you can see, the pericarp, which is the internal part, and eight petals just surrounding it. These are uh, actually cosmological and theological ideas which were, uh, which were being, being uh, proffered from the Bhakti Ratnakar onwards. And this is, yeah, uh, this, is, this is something which we find being, uh, being replicated as per the maps also. So the maps which were coming up in the 19th century were trying to uh, visualize how this cosmological aspect can be uh, put in place into the geographical. And uh, uh, the, the, the reason why I come down to the, uh, the uh, 19th century is the fact that this person uh, whom you see, Bhakti Pinod Thakur, Kedarnath Datta, he was the initiator of the modern Vaishnava movement. Uh, he, he and his son later on played a crucial role in identifying Mayapur. Remember the first map that we saw? Mayapur being located on the other side was proffered by this person for the first time. And he, he supposedly had a divine vision at night. And uh, this was just one divine revelation was one aspect, but there were other aspects also which was used by him. So he being a, a, a district magistrate and later on a bhakta played a crucial role in progressing this idea. The Navadvip Dham Pracharini Sabha was established in around 1893 and this played, and his son also, this is Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, who uh, was the founder of the Gaudiya Mat. And uh, Gaudiya Mat, uh, mind you, was, the, uh, was the, uh, the body which actually uh, brought out 
the Gaudiya tradition and spread it across the world. Uh, during his lifetime, there were around 64 centers which were set up all across the globe, uh, in, including one in Berlin and another in England, uh, in uh, London. And there were around uh, other 62 mats across India. And this is the, the reason why I mention him is the fact that Yoga Peet, which was referred earlier, the Yoga Peet was considered to be the place where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was born, and it is over here that the new temple was built up by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, and uh, uh, later on this uh, went on. But the, the other thing is that on the other side of the Ganges, you have the old Mayapur, the Prachin Mayapur concept. And the Prachin Mayapur concept, the, the place that you see uh, on the left, is uh, actually the place where uh, trust has been uh, in place. And they uh, try to bring out uh, Parikramas also. And the Navadvip Dham station is uh, where uh, the old Navadvip is located. Uh, this counterpoint of another Prachin Mayapur was, uh, was, was, being, uh, was being put forward by, most vociferously, by this person by the name of Brajamohan Das. And supposedly he was sent by many bhaktas from Brajamandal to uh, Bengal to find out the actual place of birth. And uh, these are, uh, these are uh, uh, the brochures. Uh, about uh, parikramas which we have from the 19th century and even the early 20th century. And these parikramas uh, were uh, beginning to fuse the people's mindset. Uh, there were various evidences which were used by both sides, both the Prachin Mayapur side and the modern Mayapur side to uh, bring out their uh, end of the argument. Uh, these uh, have ranged from uh, scriptural evidence to maps to all kinds of things, but the uh, important thing is that revelations also played a very crucial role in this. What happens during the post-colonial period? The post-colonial period brings Navadip Mayapur into another dimension altogether. It becomes the headquarters of the uh, ISKCON, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, and uh, AC uh, Bhaktivedanta Swami, who set up the ISKCON in 1968. He was actually an initiated disciple of uh, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. So funding and other uh, uh, reaching out to the diaspora, or uh, if you have uh, the organizational networks of the modern age, everything has contributed to Mayapur becoming the place of importance that it is. So uh, this is the view of the new temple which is coming up. Supposedly, it's going to be the largest temple uh, in India and even across the globe. Uh, it is bigger than the Hagia Sophia uh, in Istanbul or even uh, other places in, in India. So Bhakti um, Vedant, this is the, uh, the other picture about the Chaitanya Chandradaya Mandir. Uh, which is uh, going to be completed in 2022. And uh, the, uh, the uh, initiation of uh, Alfred Ford, if you remember, he, Ambarish Das is his uh, uh, initiated name. He has played a, a major role as far as funding is concerned. So uh, this is uh, the, the chakra uh, which is uh, going to be put up. Uh, it has already been put up actually. Uh, one has been put up, the other one is uh, taking place. All of this has been possible because of uh, the fantastic uh, 
contributions of these people. So we conclude now. So uh, the conclusion is basically that the importance of uh, this place, the power of this place as the seat of birth of Chaitanya has contributed to the place becoming a place of power all across the globe. And if you go abroad anywhere, the way in which Hindu culture is most recognized is through the presence of the ISKCON. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir, for the excellent paper, uh, Shantanuji. Questions? Uh, this is a uh, question, or rather, it's a query which, yeah. for my better understanding, see, Please. and this is the perception perhaps I carry, yeah. uh, with the, obviously, ISKCON and many other uh, such outputs have done human service uh, for Hinduism, and as you rightly said, the, the, the Western uh, frameworks and the organizing cap capabilities, included with funding aspects, they have played a uh, very critical role in expanding uh, that thought yeah, process. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but somehow I think many uh, people uh, feel that a lot of influence from that, if you compare it, uh, the the theological, uh, the the biblical uh, impressions uh, um, hmm. in thought process, they have also got somehow distillated in the process and uh, the Hindu over uh, the architectural, yeah. the open yeah. architectural, the, right. the freeness yeah. which mm -hmm. we, the Sanatan Sanskriti has always been there. Yes. So probably to some extent that has been, uh, I would not say compromised, but I would say some rigidity has actually creeped in into that mm -hmm. uh, process. Yeah, please uh, don't consider me to be a, a proponent of uh, the institution which I just mentioned about. Uh, the fact is that uh, assimilation and transformation is an essential part of uh, religious life as well. And uh, I think uh, if you think in that pattern, uh, it is important to think that religious identities are also not morbid, just dead identities. These are also evolving. So evolution being an essential part of religious traditions, we should be open enough to accept that uh, changes can take place. And it is not as if that it's totally a Western input which is coming in through that institution. There are uh, various interactions which are taking place with uh, the varied traditions of Vaishnavism which exists across India with this con. So uh, I wouldn't uh, actually agree with the viewpoint that it's a distillation, as you say, quote unquote, that is taking place. Sorry if I have uh, <laughs> differed from what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so when exactly in the history it came up, like uh, because the Navadip geography, as we see in the Mandal, huh. is covering both sides of Hogli River, so both yeah, Mayapur yeah. and the Prachin side, yes, as you're yes, claiming. Yes, 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 so yes. when exactly in history that term came up? Yeah, actually, you see, uh, if you go back uh, uh, to around the 18th century, there has been a major shift in the riverine patterns which has taken place because of various uh, reasons. Earthquake is one of the reasons which has been offered. And the way in which the Ganga River flows in across uh, India into the Podda, uh, across, the, across the boundary into Bangladesh, 
is a thing which didn't happen uh, 300 years earlier. It, it happened 300 years earlier, not before that. That is what I want to mean. So uh, the way in which the river is uh, running through Navadip was not the way in which it used to around 600 years ago when uh, Chaitanya was born. So there have been geographers, I know for certain, K.N. Mukherjee is one uh, who was uh, a part of the geographical uh, survey of India, a geological survey of India. He uh, wrote upon the fact that the type of clay that you have in Mayapur and Prachin Mayapur can be disputed because the silt which has fallen in in Prachin Mayapur is pretty new, while the older settlement which is across the river has heavier clay. So this is one from the geographical point of view. There were other archaeological views also because Adoksha the Vish Vishnu, the image which was uh, found out from uh, Mayapur is something which was considered to be a nailing evidence that Mayapur is actually the place of birth. And the second important thing is that uh, the government of West Bengal, if you uh, look at that, then uh, they are also trying to channelize because it has a considerable amount of opinion, uh, both polit politically as well as electorally. So uh, this view, uh, in fact, I had another, uh, another uh, video also, a short one, but uh, anyway, we are running uh, uh, ahead of time, actually. Uh, we are running behind, actually. So uh, where, where you see that the Mayapur theory is being proffered by the government as well. So it's something that uh, we need to think of. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah.